Welcome to No Room for Phonies. Back Hi. again. Back again. Episode um, 53. Continuing to talk about shame this week of the two weeks. Uh, we're talking about gender and shame. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about a few questions. So we have two cocktails to try before we get to the end of December. We have to try the honeycomb, which is the vanilla beans, the vodka, honey vodka, vanilla vodka, and sugar syrup. Okay. And we will have mulled wine, I'm sure, over yes. Christmas. Probably Christmas Eve is our usually our time for mulled wine. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and then I have to think of something to do every month for 2022. So we'll see what I come up with. Oh, because we've done our 12 drinks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did that for 2022. So we'll have to... 2021, sorry. And the recommended podcast this time is called Ideas at Work with the at sign. So it's conversations with scientists, thinkers, and writers who are influencing our time. The world has changed. What we once believed true will take a different perspective post COVID-19 for sure right yeah. so these are all kinds of different people wow it's very interesting so ideas the at sign I haven't had much work. time to listen lately but I'll have to add try this. that one it's very good yeah. and then the recommended book you will not want to read because it's a cancer story and yeah. you don't like reading cancer stories but it's the idea of between two kingdoms it's a memoir of life interrupted by Sulika I think her name is J-A-O-U-A-D. I don't know how you would say that. Jawad, Jawad. So, but it is searing. And it's it's called a searing, deeply moving memoir of illness and recovery that traces this young woman's journey from diagnosis to remission and ultimately a road trip of healing and self-discovery. It's It's just fast. It's a really, really, really good book, but... It's not for everybody because it really does focus in on, um, on the illness and the illness. So and the aspects of the illness and and other people around her who are going through the illness and not everyone is that fortunate as she mm-hmm. is. Like it's yeah, it's but it's a really, it's heavy. It's heavy. Um, I listened to it on Audible. So and she read it herself. So that was another aspect of it that I really really mm-hmm. liked. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't put a question down for this month, but I think we need to be, I am like, last month the question was, who are you really? And uh, I think that's a question that of self-discovery that really helps you cope with shame and move past shame in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I didn't really think of a question this time around. So I think I can we'll, add a question. Well, we have a lot of questions that we're asking <laughs> down here, so maybe All we'll right. just say that's their question for this. And I was going to put these questions directly yeah. on to the... Yeah, in the description of the podcast. Yeah, and, and the, the website, I think I'll put it on. We can put, put it, it into yeah. the YouTube video, too. Yeah. So what makes us feel ashamed? I just want to go back over that so that we can talk about them in terms of, is it different for men and women, like, Mm-hmm. Gen is it gender? And I I know we can't just say men and women, but but the title of the podcast is gender, gender. and shame. Uh, yes, but we are limited uh, to our our, our experiences. Yeah, our experiences. And um, however, that doesn't mean that we wouldn't be open to hearing other. Well, and I think the other thing is if you listen, we just to can't this, speak on behalf of others. If you listen to this and you start a conversation with someone who is. Um, 
you know, any other... Any of the LGBTQ... Things. I think a lot of their experiences of shame would be the same yet different than what we're going to... So what makes us feel ashamed? Parenting, certainly there's some gender um, differences there. there. Emotions, Mm -hmm. the way we look, Mm -hmm. money and work, lack of status, being addicted to something, family relationships, marriage and intimacy, what we own or we don't own, in other words, what we have, our mental and physical health, Facebook and social social media, media, like I mean, one of the things I talked about last week was young mums who are really, I think they give each other a hard time on social media with all the fancy party, birthday parties and this and that and what their kids are achieving and doing. So relationships, friendships and what is on our calendar, mistakes and lack of a perfect image and motherhood and fatherhood. So So we just kind of want to go through those and, and share... Yeah, and share some of what we feel. So how is shame different for men and women in these areas? And what perspective do men and women use to to actually view um, shame? So, like... Well... What? Go ahead. Well, Brene... I'm going to have to go back to the research for Brene Brown's because it rang very true. But um, the, the... the sharp the biggest lens that men would view shame through is weakness and you can apply it to any of these other topics so that's what i'm planning on doing as we go through like, it yeah that like idea men of being weakness. weak like and for like women, a man does not want to be weak for women i think it's it's appearance I think there's a like big... the appearance of being the best mother, the yeah. appearance of being able to handle your emotions, mm-hmm. you know, the your appearance, just like physical the way you look, but then all of these, you know, money and work, the appearance of being able to handle this really big, heavy duty, mm-hmm. amazing job and juggle everything at home and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, well, and the other thing, going back way back to readings we did a long time ago the whole uh, places where women and men trip up differently, where we stumble. For women, it's enmeshment. Right. And then, so this that plays into all of this, because it's all about how you relate to other people mm-hmm. and how other people relate to you. And for men, it's uh, isolating themselves. Right. And, and, and feel like shutting down and shutting out people. You know, because women, you know, women stand on the you know can can be at a hockey game with their kids or watching a hockey game or at dance class or and there's all this status involved in you know what kind of team is your kid playing for and that's for men too well, for men it's it's my kid looking weak yeah right does he look like a wuss or does she look uh, you know is, is she competitive enough is she being trumped by the other people yeah so, so i it, mean it, it is a slightly different angle And I I just think that um, the perspective for women is really about that appearance of always being, always having everything together. So, and... So do you want to go back through these or... Well, um, when you look at it from that perspective, right, of men not wanting to appear weak... Yeah. And women wanting to appear that they have everything all together, 
then you can see how that would play it all out in the way you look and why if you're postpartum and you're not losing weight and you're not and you're feeling crummy mm -hmm. why that why people don't talk about that with other women because and I, I know for myself with even like menopause how often do women actually talk about how difficult it is to go through menopause yeah other than the superficial hot flash jokes like right the deeper level no stuff. but i mean and that when it comes down to like um your health and your mental health particularly like there's a lot of um difficulty for us just talking about the things like why do there have does there have to be these big campaigns for movember and everything mm -hmm. Because people don't want to talk about it. Because no. if I get that, then, oh my, like, what's yes. wrong? Like, Well, and the thing about Movember for men's health, it moved beyond prostate and testicle, testicular cancer to mental health and suicide prevention mm -hmm. because they realized that that was taking as many men as the cancers. So, right. So well, and for women, if I don't, if I make a mistake, then I don't look like I have it all together. Mm-hmm. And then other women are going to look at me and say, look at her. She can't even handle her kids and her this and her that. So instead of going to somebody, um, you know, you're going through a tough time right now. What, did it, what is it that I can do to help you? It's, sorry. sorry. I'll have to stop that. It's all this judgment and unfair expectations. Yeah. Well, and then I think also... I think we should go through because okay. it's also how if if you are with a heterosexual partner, then there's the response between men and women, how your shame might trigger like. Right. So, you know, in parenting, if I'm feeling like everything is falling apart and we're not on, you know, and we're and the then, first thing that I'm going to feel is like, what what am I not providing? Because for men, for parenting, it's am I the, the top of the pile is. Am I the am I providing for my kids financially, mm -hmm. materially? Yeah, that's the first thing. Because, well, and I mean, remember, if, you, if you're not providing for your family, you're shamed by society. Well, remember when you were stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home dad, and the way my father felt was that what was wrong with you? You weren't a provider. I wasn't a real man. And your your mom felt that way too. Yes. So, I mean, and some of it is generational, but I still think there's something... Well, but I had a lot of men in my own generation that couldn't talk to me. As they didn't know what to talk about as soon as I said what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, then it was like, oh, what do I talk about? Because I can't talk about work. Yes, right. Yeah. And, and I mean, and then the whole emotional aspect of it, right? Like, big boys don't cry. People don't... They don't show emotion. Mm -hmm. And... For women, we do cry, but then that's considered a weakness, particularly if you work in a cert in certain professions. Right. Like as a principal, if I was having a really, really bad day, and there were some times when I felt teary because we are emotional beings, mm -hmm. right? And but us men learn how to shut that down mm -hmm. really quickly. And women know that if they show it, they can sometimes they can use that to their advantage sometimes but i think in certainly for me i learned that in order to be respected in my job i had to appear very unemotional about things 
but then I mean, women aren't given a very fair deal because the moment you're on a, that you're cold and unemotional, yeah, then you're an ice princess. Then you're an ice princess. Yeah, no, and certainly the way we like, look- I don't, I don't know really if there's any way to win with shame. I mean, in the workplace for men, it's a little different, but there we, like, there uh, men that are weak leaders are mocked for for being sensitive. Yes, or be yes. But, but the moment a man is strong in the job, then he's admired. Yes. But women don't but have... But women, women can't have, be strong like that because the same. then they're B-I-T-C-H. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that is one thing truly for male privilege that well, that has been built into society for so long that it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's hard to, to shake that. But it, all of these... It deserves these, to be... You know, all of these um, things that make us feel ashamed are shared by men and women. Yes, it's just different ways that we... We have a different way of... Like money and work, you know, if... I don't know how it feels for women. For for men, it's, you know, if if you're getting close to bankruptcy or... If, you're, if you get a pay cut or if you lose your job, that's a huge shame factor. Yeah, and I think for women, there's the there's this thing where, how much time am I going to take off with my children? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you take too much time off, well, then you're not serious about your career, and then if you mm-hmm. don't take any time off, or then you just take like it's it's just people yeah. can't just step back and say, um, you know, then that's where I think that whole idea of knowing yourself. So if you're confident in yourself and you're happy with yourself and who you are, you're prepared to make mm-hmm. a decision and then not... And you can listen to other people's perspective on it, but it doesn't have to make you feel ashamed of whatever decision you go forward with. Yeah. I also think for young people who are dating or interested in looking for partners, it's hard because there's the jokes of, you know, you, the the husbands giving their wives an allowance. I mean, I know that's from the 40s and 50s, but there still is that dynamic sometimes, like dating, you know, paying equally. Mm-hmm. You know, some men feel like they well, still and women should be are, paying. And women are told now, a lot of women are told now, get your own bank account, keep your own money. Yeah. Like, don't... Don't like, share. Don't ever. share. Like, I was told that when I got married, that mm-hmm. oh, you shouldn't ever, like, hand over any money to... Mm-hmm. And yet we share our finance, finances yeah, and figure things out and... I would be uncomfortable with that, but am I, like, I don't think I I have a, I don't feel ashamed of doing that because I know that that's what's right for me. Yes. And I think that's where the depths of shame. Right. Because some people say, well, that you're not feminine, you're not independent enough, mm-hmm. you're not feminist enough if you have a joint bank account. So if so you are shame able, you the other way. And so if you are able to be, you know, vulnerable and 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 yet um, confident in yourself and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's you know. Mm-hmm. And then when when would you have the nerve? I guess is would be the question. If somebody said to you, "Oh, well, did you see my kids um, 
you know, fantastic birthday party on Facebook and all the mm-hmm. gifts they got and everything. And could you just go, yeah, that was great. And not feel that, oh man, I didn't do that for my kid. Yeah. Like, you know, just, I, I, I really like, we tried to tell our kids just because everybody else is doing something, mm-hmm. it doesn't, you don't need to, and you, you don't need to feel badly because we do things differently we never took our kids to disney no. <laughs> so should i be ashamed about that no it wasn't something that we chose to but afford. we never did feel shame about that no we didn't i, I never did no no but no. no and our kids don't really care i don't no. think i know so but i'm just... also there, then there's the whole like for men again with money when you're a young man and single then there's the whole pressure that girls will only date you if you show that you have money and that you have a cool car. And I mean, these are immature young women mm-hmm. who are also admiring this aspect no. of men. But yeah. it just feeds into that I better be a provider. You know, and there's a lot of shame in um, mental health. And I mean, I really admire people who um, speak out about their mental health without wearing it like a badge of honor honor, yeah like i mean i think that that's somewhat some of the issues with um working through some stuff is that i don't know how i feel about it when they share it on facebook Mm -hmm. because i still am of the opinion that you need to have some very you know it's In, choose the who you share things with carefully. Yeah. It's who but is if worthy. What, if you what is put, that statement? Who is worthy of hearing your shame? If you can put yourself out there and it doesn't bother you and you're okay with people who say nasty things as comments and do all that stuff, if you're okay with all that, if mm-hmm. you can manage that, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't make you feel upset or ashamed or whatever, then... Yeah. All the more power to you, I guess, but yeah. it wouldn't. So I think all these things that I think the important thing for us to kind of put out there is that there are still differences. There are still gender differences in sh- in the way shame plays itself out for men and for women. Mm-hmm. And then add that on if you are, you know, in a gender that you don't identify with yes is your gender and Mm -hmm. now pile on the shame on top of that Mm -hmm. and now you've got people that are just having such a hard time coping because it's just a hundred percent shame on every angle like yeah and the thing is there again now we have in some cases, artificial social constructs of what a gender is. Mm -hmm. So, which, you know, I fought all my whole life being artistic is for some reason having an artistic interest and being artistic is a feminine inside to you. Well, and And, the crocheting, the sewing, all that stuff all becomes... uh, But those are all external behaviors that in the current century are and the 200 like the last 200 years have been mostly done by women but 700 years ago they were mostly done by men 
So, yeah. but because now if society thinks those are womenly, feminine things, and like singing and musical theater and ballet dancing and hairstyling, like why do those things have to be feminine? Yeah, I... That, yeah. That, that whole part. I think... And so there's shame for boys who want to do those things. And they might still be boys who want to do those things, but still think that they will love girls and well there's a whole bunch so, of behaviors and then there's right. girls so, that were like so the tom a- girl you know i never like like the sissy insult that's like okay you might be gay but the tomboy that's kind of like wow that's good for you you're you're going to be a tough yeah. woman so that was like well and we still there wasn't an over we don't let children just be kids right no. like i remember being in you know, school and seeing kindergarten kids come in and they, the, there's always a little boy who dressed up in a tutu like every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we better, you know, he's probably... Why? Like, why does that mean that you have to now think that that child... Is already choosing his identity. Is choosing his identity. Yeah. I just, you know, and so a little girl is interested in playing with trucks or a little boy wants an easy bake... That's no. a thing that doesn't exist. I guess anymore. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I, I think I just can't believe that we can't get past that in society where yeah. we just think. And and here's the the fine example. So what if you wanted to wear nail polish and you're a man mm-hmm. and you are still sexually attracted to women? Yeah. But there's shame around that. Oh my goodness, you couldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, there are men who do it. Yes. And then, but then, so, what, what confuses me is some men who want to do it. Then they have to say, "Well, I'm bisexual, so that's why I can do it." But why do we have to be shamed into even having a label? So those kinds of gender-specific behaviors that have been laid on us by society actually cause physical, emotional, and spiritual manifestations of shame. And I think that for genders, that is the same. I think our physical, emotional... Yeah, I do too. I don't think there's a big difference. Our manifestations of shame are the same. No, I think from person to person it varies. Like, uh, for me, it's mostly my stomach. Mm -hmm. But for some people, it's their backs. Mm -hmm. Like, shame causes the physical pressure yeah, of the ache the, the aches or their their back stiffens all their muscles tight, tighten up headache headaches for some people all those so yeah. that i don't think is gender specific that's just a person specific mm-hmm. but the other like emotional and spiritual manifestations would be the same for men and women for men and women yeah and i think uh for women um shame can just be Women who feel um, shame a lot either go, I think people who feel shame a lot either go one of both ways. They're either very loud, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm fine. Look at me. I'm not ashamed of anything. Right. They go the Meanwhile, anger or the voice. Yeah. You know, thou dost protest too much almost, right? right? When yeah. And then there's the withdrawn yeah. whatever. I mm-hmm. mean, I know when, I've, when I went through a few years ago that issue with work. Mm-hmm. I felt ashamed of what had happened to me and I did not want to see people. Mm-hmm. So I hid mm-hmm. because I felt ashamed. And I mean, it just took me a while and there's nothing wrong with, 
you know, when you're, when you experience a trauma, there's no reason why you have to feel ashamed, but there are, you can like, just take a moment for yourself and figure things out. Like you don't have to just say, Oh, well, I'm fine. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think part of trauma is grief. Right. And then I think this is where it's gendered. It's different again. You know, women are allowed to grieve and be emotional more right. than men. Right. Uh, and men, it's like, you know, buck up and get mm-hmm. over it. With women, it's like, for a while, you have a lot more uh, grace granted to yes, you. Yes, absolutely. But then at some point, I think then some women will, will just say about the one who's grieving, okay, I'm tired of listening yes. to you now. Yeah. And and they don't say buck up. No, it's more they. The, it's again that enmeshment. They withdraw from the yes. relationship, and then you feel even more abandoned right. in your grief. Well, and the thing is, um, you know, women can be very like to each other too, right? You have to say the word it's caddy, caddy, right? Like yeah. because you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like well, you know. I've got stuff going on too, mm-hmm. whereas you can't compare trauma, you can't compare how somebody else feels their guilt, like you can't. No, you can't. You can't. And I mean, spiritually, I think people, you know, you when your spirit, um, your, your spirit closes in when mm-hmm. you're feeling shame. So then you're not even feeling, and I don't mean God in this, the way that, no, I know what you're or saying. religion, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like, body mind spirit your beliefs your values your core it all gets shaken up it's shaken so um if you're not firm about what your values and beliefs and identity is shame can just debilitate you Mm -hmm. right absolutely so i mean i think when i you know we one of the things that can really weaken or destroy shame is just the idea of having that person that you can speak your shame to and just say "Ah, that really made me feel ashamed and how and let that that person can say i exactly i know exactly how you feel or i can see why that would make you feel yes they don't have the interesting thing though as spouses is you don't understand sometimes why I'm ashamed of something and it wouldn't make you feel ashamed. No. And I'm the same towards you. Right. It's like, well, what's that to be ashamed But it's true. About? It's, uh, do you think that that's gender or it's just Maybe difference just in personalities, personalities to some degree? But yeah. yeah. But I mean, it really takes a lot of spiritual, emotional physical energy to move past shame Mm -hmm. and to allow yourself to go okay i am enough Mm -hmm. so even though all that stuff happened to me that really does not impact who i am and when we were listening to that thing the other day i think you know we were kind of whatever but i am Oh, right? where we where you use the statement "I am," and after the "I am," you put in an adjective. You don't put in a thing. Like you don't say, "I am a mother," "I am a father," no, "I am a I, teacher," "I, I am, am a, honest," "I, I am, am honest," "I am um, a helper." Or, or, that's the "a" part. Right. But I mean, I am, and this kind, goes back to whatever. labels, right? When mm-hmm. you're when you're tied in too much with 
that label, then something really bad happens and you're ashamed and now you're stuck because you, you were the label. the label. Yeah. So I think it's really important to kind of figure out your identity, your values, your purpose, and then you aren't as shaken. It's like, you know, because a label is pretty much like standing on a sand hill. Because if, you know, you're the coordinator of EAP right now, but yeah. some, he could call you up tomorrow and say, well, I'm sorry, but we're giving that to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like... Yeah, so you can't wrap so yourself that label. up So into, you can't wrap yourself in even parenting. Yeah. Like, well, and the thing about parenting is, I mean, I knew that intensity of parenting would end when they were little and then got to teenagers. And then we did the teenage thing. And then you think, okay... They're going to launch. So the intensity lessens, I guess, once they're young adults and things like that. But the energy levels are, they are different. I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. No, but I mean, I just think like, parent, if, if, if I am a mother is your thing. Oh, yeah. And then the thing, yeah, exactly. Then the... The mother, yes, you're always a mother and your kids always need you to some But are you thinking degree. more about like some women who like, okay, it's been five years, they've had a baby and then they want another one? Well, there, there's some of that. And I also think it's just the idea that that's how you become enmeshed with your... Your kids. Kids' lives. Yes. And... Oh, right. With young adults and then you just... Okay, you we get think. together every Sunday for dinner... Yes. And if we don't get together, then, then I can't tell my friend. Like, your mother was like 100% that. Yeah. The only reason so she wanted shame. us for dinner was so that she could be able to tell the other people at church that we came for dinner. That yeah. was this it. This was before Facebook. But it yeah. was like what you say in the church lobby. <laughs> yeah. Because her friends, oh, you know, who, what are you doing today? Well, the children are coming for dinner. Mm -hmm. Like because they all a lot of those families were able to say mm -hmm. those kinds of things, so right? That was a so lot it, of there was a lot of shame and pressure on people, mm -hmm. and it 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 was devastating. Devastating. So I think seeking out mentoring, and I I'm gonna say from my perspective, of I had a conversation with a friend of mine not too long ago, or about. Um, Finding signing mentors? up her kid no signing oh. up her kid from s some program and i think she actually thought that i was gonna not think that she shouldn't because she's a stay-at-home mom that her kid can't right. go for mm -hmm. a couple mornings a week to meet other kids and right like i just try mm -hmm. to always be um have a really open perspective on where people are at and what's important and that I would never put myself in a position where a young mom would say something to me mm -hmm. and I would make them feel ashamed of doing something. Yeah. And I mean, I truly believe that it is the greatest thing for this kid to do what he's doing. And even if I didn't, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that we're going to talk about um, as we get... Um, the in, next in, into the next episode or what are the kinds of things that we actually sh say that are shaming for people mm -hmm. you know well because... I, I was shamed because I wanted to be involved with my kids and didn't want to do things with my guy friends mm -hmm. like 
oh, you know, you don't want to hang can't, out. You with can't us. get out. You're, um, oh, you're, you're your, your apron, wife is apron like, strings. Yeah. You're tied to the apron strings. Oh, you've got to ask Pam permission, eh? Yeah. Like, like that's all shaming. That is all shaming and comments. the kinds of things that we do. And I just feel like, um, it is our job. I posted today about, you know, I hope that in my toolkit I have tolerance, acceptance, understanding, patience. Mm. Like those are the kinds of things that, you know, and, and instead of making some kind of judgment on something, oh, can you tell me why you think mm-hmm. you would like to do that? I mean, that's what a mentor does. Yeah. They say, so what is it that, what's your train of thought? What was your decision-making process in deciding to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, if well, you really thing, can't see the their other perspective. thing that I've learned from a, a lot of this reading and thinking and talking about it is, I have been a, sh- a person who shamed others in the past. Right. And, well, and, and, and even now, the fact that I know this doesn't mean I'm not going to do it again. Right. And I think the other thing so, is, instead of making some kind of statement of, of agree or disagree. You can't just say to somebody, I'm really going to support you in this decision because I can see that it was a really hard decision for you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to support you in moving forward. And if, for example, it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to do, I'm still going to support you when you come to me and say, wow, that was a stupid decision. Why did I ever do that? Yeah. And not, because what and are not we? address and not feed the shame that they're feeling. Why? Why? Yeah, and you, and then I say, yeah, you want me to tell you about the times when I was so sure something was the right thing to do, and I did it, and then I went, oh, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Like, this is the environment that I worked in, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not trying to be, I don't want to even talk about them in terms of, like, naming and shaming them either, but the environment was, oh, we make mistakes, that's how we learn, that's how we grow. But as soon as you made a mistake, you were like nailed to the wall Mm -hmm. because you made a mistake. Hmm. So mistakes aren't for growing. Like even if you really made a horrible mistake, can't you just sit down with somebody and say, we need to work through this? Well, wouldn't you like that chance to And you may even be disciplined in your job because of it. But that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I still would say to people, even if I said, you know, I have to put a letter in your file about this. But so now what are we going to, instead of being angry, mm-hmm. what are we going to do to make sure this never happens again? Mm-hmm. What kind of support do you need mm-hmm. to move forward and not get yourself into this situation again? Yeah. And guess what? You're not the only one in the whole world that ever has. No. Well, that's uh, that happened to me when I was teaching at that high school. I totally forgot a class that I had scheduled. I don't know why. There was a, it was a new semester and I didn't go to the classroom and the kids were getting wild. Nobody was supervising them. And then it dawned on me half an hour into the 70 minutes. So I ran down and, you know, calmed the class down, did the class. But the first thing I did before the students had a chance even to go talk to another teacher, I walked right to the principal's office and said, this is what I did. And, you know, I was expecting... But not discipline, but definitely anger or whatever. And the principal said, oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> so many teachers have done the same thing. Yeah. He goes, but you got them in control, right? I said, yes. And I, and I said, but what would have happened if somebody had gotten hurt? Or, and he goes, well, that would have been a more serious problem. 
you know, but it didn't. Well, <laughs> so, and I mean, in my case... And he goes, case, and what are, you, what are we, you know... And he did say, what can I do to help you? And I said, well, it was just absent-mindedness, whatever. Right. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be a pattern. Well, and that's the difference, right? If If you're, you know, and that was always my thing. If you forget a class every week or every day or lunch duty or, or lunch duty <laughs> recess or, or never go out anytime <laughs> like there's a you know but it doesn't have to be and sometimes it is like if the other person won't that's the the discussion I want to have at some point if the other person won't just go oh shoot I made a mistake mm-hmm. then you're put in this position where you're almost like do I have to shame you into realizing that you've blown it? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, you know, and... Right, because you have to... All of us, when we, when we have shame, some of the defense mechanisms is denial. Right. Or to blame somebody else. Or to blame else, somebody else. Or, to, or, the, or, or the this anger, job is too hard. The or, anger or the yeah. copping out, whatever. So Or going after the person who's tr- trying to actually... Yeah. I mean, the person who's smoothly. making you feel shame doesn't necessarily want to make you feel shame. They just want things to change and improve. Right. Like, you know, for a week now, you have been late for, for your classes every day. And yeah, the that's kids just are an wild. observation. That's, that's, you can't, this can't continue. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do about it? Yeah. You know, and I've had teachers get really angry about being Mm -hmm. called on the carpet for that like well don't you realize i've got stuff like Mm -hmm. at home and i can't get here well then you have to change jobs (laughs) well then you have to come up with a plan where you can get to work on time yeah like you have to come up with a plan where you can get to work on time like that's just so i think that um having someone in your life and this is you know that you can speak the shame to that will listen Mm -hmm. that will be i think that can really like i mean that is one of the things that builds resiliency to shame is Mm -hmm. to being able to name it and you know be vulnerable but not with i i mean i wouldn't do it on facebook but some people do so how do we play a role in working within society to change the way women and men are portrayed and shamed? It's I think it's still well like and it's, it's not just, just like, women and me, men. It's, it's like all this gender, you know there's a lot of LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. and none of those people should be being shamed for who they are. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them should have someone that they can speak there or else what happens is it manifests itself for them in physical, like, yeah. like physical, emotional and spiritual oh, and then issues. Be, it'll just, it can spiral down into mental health that's more chronic or mm-hmm. more serious. And, you know, why is anxiety so rampant in our society? It's. And, and I had this across, conversation, right, yeah. with a friend of ours the other day. And I said, what is, well, and her feeling is that it's anxiety and negativity. And negativity causes anxiety. So if you're feeling negative about yourself and who you are and everything you do, and it's all about, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm ashamed. And, and fear and shame are neighbors. Yes, absolutely. So if I do this, 
and then it doesn't work out, then I'm going to be, so I just won't do it. And Well, I think the 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 advice from uh, bull, the bully and the bystander plays out here too, because if we are a bystander to a, a shaming experience, I think we need to speak up and mm-hmm. intervene on behalf of the person mm-hmm. who's being Absolutely. Shamed. Or ourselves, if someone, we really feel like something... You know, we're trying to share something just for un- with someone that we trust just for understanding. And they come back with a, what? You're going to do that? Uh, do you really make, do you really mean to make me feel ashamed of yeah. what I'm saying? Because I'm really actually trying to make a, a strong, good decision here. And you're not listening. You're just, right? And, and asking questions is great. Like, there's no problem with that. Yeah, but yes, yeah. you long, have to be careful because <laughs> why are you doing that is not the question. <laughs> the tone of voice and the sarcasm yes. in the question is another but, whole I mean, thing. But wow, like, and how does this person in your life feel about that? And mm-hmm. you know, what can I do to help? You know, I, I, it was interesting. We were having even a conversation with Sebastian about you know workplace things and. You know, one of the things that you can say to somebody, and I said this all the time, is you seem to be upset. You seem to be not yourself. How can I help? Mm-hmm. And sometimes for some people it was, oh, thank God. Thank you for asking that question because I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I'm falling apart. I can't get everything done. Can you help me? And yes, I can actually. Mm-hmm. I can put something in place to help you. I can give you a half a day of a supply teacher to get caught up on some stuff. Like mm-hmm. there are things that you, I can cover your class at the end of a day. If you're trying to rush out for appointments and things aren't working, like yeah. there are things that we can do to help each other. And I think if that's where your identity, your purpose and your core values come in, because if your core value, one of your core values is compassion and mm-hmm. understanding. I think the other thing is the the system, the systemic aspect of it. So there's religion and church systemic rules. There's mm-hmm. workplace. Mm-hmm. There's unions. Yeah. So there's systemic. You know, this is the way we operate by shaming, and if you're in a workplace where the unions are strong and the mediocre workers shame you into also being mediocre because you're working too hard and you're making us look bad and that type of thing. But then there's the opposite where it's there might be no union present or there is one, but they're weak and then management is strong and management is harassing. And then there's church rules and like all of that. I think, I think we need to look at our systemic problems and i do think in cultural uh, systemics issues you know and and i do think that speaking up against the parts of society that are like the sometimes the negative voices are really loud yeah and the positive voices go oh never mind i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. say anything because i don't want to get into it with that crazy person yeah and so then it perpetuates and we are in a society of anxiety-riven negative like there's a lot of it yeah 
which just leads everybody to be living on the edge. So then how do we help people be strong, I guess? Because strength comes from within. Yeah, but some people just don't have anywhere to draw from anymore. Yeah, I just feel like we have to teach kids to be to have some resilience. Yeah. And to Well, and I think that the doting, spoiling helicopter parent of the 80s, 90s and 2000s has done their have done their children a disservice because they haven't given their kids Well, and I also I am a firm believer in self-regulation. Which and also... I think self-regulation and shame also go hand in hand. Because if you're able to self-regulate and take a step back and, you know, look at mm-hmm. situations and, and and critical thinking, you know, actual real well, I just critical love that, thinking. that um, mom and, and little child that we know where if, if the child starts getting, like agitated it's like okay let's take some belly breaths and like already they're being taught mindfulness being awareness of themselves mm-hmm. having strategies to cope yes you know like and to actually say i feel frustrated i feel this and i right now i don't want to do this and sometimes you know you as a parent you can choose your battle sometimes they don't have to do that mm-hmm. like it's fine you don't have to do everything. You don't have to, you know, there are some things that you don't have to do. Right. But there are other things that you do have to do. But you also, and, you know, we go through this. Uh, with You can also, it doesn't have to be done this second. You mm-hmm. can have a moment to, okay, uh, yeah, no, I know, I got to go do well, it. And, and build, the, build the strength, come up with some strategies for the first stage to get through the first stage of whatever it I is. I guess the definition of strength is, is having strategies to work through things mm-hmm. inside yourself mm-hmm. that are aut- like regulated and automatic. So if you're a strong person... You always can see or find a way out. But for those that are totally immersed in fear and shame and feel right at the bottom of the well, the first thing to find inner strength is just to find one person Mm -hmm. you trust. And I've heard of it. It might be on Facebook with a stranger that connects and, and, you know, there's conversations and people walk. But anyway, it... You need to find somebody who can empathize and just for that one and listen for the the one hour. But you also have to, I think, you know, we've talked about this. You can't help someone who doesn't want to change and doesn't want to. If you just want to be your wallowy, sad, horrific self, Mm -hmm. then that's what you're going to be. Yeah. So... Like, there's all that aspect of it, too. But I honestly believe that the definition of strength is having strategies to work through. And I believe that strength and faith go hand in hand because faith to me is not like a belief in some religious deity or something. It is actually belief that no matter what comes your way, no matter what you are faced with, you have it within you to make it, 
to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Not that you're not going to have hard days and not that you're going to have to fight shame, anger, emotional, which is just exactly what, you know, this little guy that we're thinking of. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're not going to feel all these things because mm-hmm. they're just part of life. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be angry. You're going to be happy. You're going to be terrified, terrified, whatever it is you're going to be. But you've got strategies mm-hmm. to live your best be your, the best version of yourself for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of an interesting conversation. So we're going <laughs> to... We slid a little away from slid, gender, but that's, but that's okay. okay. Um, the, to be honest, a lot of it is placed on us by society. These gender, mm-hmm. like television and all these kinds of things do a lot of... And... Damage. And business. Mm-hmm. And because businesses Ads. play up on on people's fears and people's desire for status. Mm-hmm. So they'll find something and they'll pump it up as very masculine. Yeah. And then, you know, all yeah. the guys are like, okay, you get that truck and look like that Marlboro but Cowboy. I'm going to go and, back to knowing, having a, a, you know, knowing yourself, a clear identity, values, core beliefs, and a purpose and then you're not as vulnerable to all this stuff. And when you do feel shame, you can recognize it because mm-hmm. it doesn't fit with who you are. Mm-hmm. So so next time, December 15th, we're going to talk about shame and parenting. Awesome. And then at the end of the month, we're actually going to talk about, we have never talked about this before, but we're going to talk about Life in 2022 in a kind of semi-post-COVID world. All right. And how to kind of move forward and what are the things that mentally... Not resolutions. Not resolutions, but like how do you navigate all this? Because there's so much to it. There's the unvaccinated, the vaccinated, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the going out in public, the... Being in a big crowd, the the science, the science, it. the so I just I felt it would be good to sort of end the year with kind of a, these are some of the things you can do to feel sane in a post in a post COVID world. That sounds like a good topic. Good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for a discussion about gender and shame. On no room for phonies. On no room for phonies, and uh, we always appreciate you coming around to be part of our episodes so again this is episode 53 no room for phonies shame and gender